And welcome, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope all is well. Uh, look, lots uh, going on in the podcast. I mean, it really is that way every day if you think about it. Uh, I am paid uh, for every word that I say. So um, I guess that's good news from a Venmo standpoint, bad news uh, from a standpoint of I really have nothing to say. Uh, but, you know, ha- having said that, uh, look, we've got two big interviews on the podcast today. Dr. Deborah Burks, the uh, White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator. Say that five times fast. Ready? What? No, let's not do it. Uh, anyhow, she's on the program today. Once again, when I say the program, it is the Pod's Honest Truth podcast, but it is from the Water Cooler uh, show that I do Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern on Real America's News. We're one of justthenews.com's uh, shows, and I hope you can check it out. Anyhow, so Deborah Burks will be on the podcast today talking about the COVID-19 vaccine, how safe is it, when will it be ready, and all of that. And I think this is where I do the Seinfeld thing, yada, yada, yada. And also uh, on the, the broadcast today, I say the broadcast, it's a podcast, it's not a broadcast. Um, Bethany Hallam will be here. Um, how do I say this? I'm going to try to say this delicately. Um, she got naked. Okay, well, that's probably not the best way to start it out. Um, But she got naked with a mail-in ballot. Uh, And so it's kind of hard to explain, but she's going to explain it on the on the podcast today, because she's concerned about what they call naked ballots in Pennsylvania. So she did this uh, PR campaign about them. And to get people's attention. Well, how do I say this? She was naked with a naked with a, with a naked with a mail-in ballot in front of her. Very interesting uh, concept. Hello. Uh, and we will talk about that today on the podcast. All right, back in a moment on the Pod's Honest Truth. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. And we're back here on the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Uh, I'm David Brody because it's the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Okay, yeah, enough of that. Uh, Dr. Deborah Burks is on the podcast today. She, as we said earlier, she's the White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator. Big deal. You know about Dr. Fauci? She's there as well. It's pretty much uh, her and Dr. Fauci kind of leading the uh, medical effort, if you will. Uh, and of course, she has the scarf. You know, that's her kind of trademark. I, I'm going to wear the scarf, but she also wears a mask. And, and during the interview on the water cooler today, uh, she wore a mask as well. But the good news is you can hear everything she has to say, even though she wore a mask. Obviously, we're all wearing masks and we still hear each other. So it's not that there's no issue there. Uh, we talked specifically about COVID-19 and the vaccine, wh- how bad it's going to get this fall. And also, as it relates to the vaccine, uh, should you take it? Will it be safe? Uh, and who's going to get this vaccine and exactly when? Here's Dr. Deborah Burks. Dr. Burks, great to see you again. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Good to see you, David. Well, let's talk about the fall coming up here and, of course, into the winter. How bad are we expecting this to get? What, what are some of your concerns? What are you looking for? 
So I think what we've learned over the summer is that we all have the capacity to control the community spread of this virus. And I think when you see and you look across the South now from Southern California through Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, all through Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina, we are seeing consistent and week over week improvement in the majority of those states, really based on communities coming together and saying, I'm going to physically distant, I'm going to wear my mask, and I'm going to ensure that I'm not going to have large family or neighborhood gatherings. And if I do, I'm going to make sure I'm in a mask the whole time. And this is really changing the spread of the virus throughout the South. However, now, post Labor Day, we've seen increasing community spread throughout the heartland that started the middle of August and is still continuing. And then up into the upper Northwest, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Louisiana, um, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and now into Illinois. Um, so these are the places we're watching. It's very important. We're talking to the governors. We're sending them reports every week. Um, this is our 14th week of sending reports to governors. Obviously, we've been out in the field. Um, we've been in states for the last three months, 29 states, mm -hmm. 16,000 miles, really talking with community and local leadership and really working together to ensure every American knows how to not only keep themselves safe, but their family safe, their community safe, and therefore their state safe. So Dr. Burks, let me ask you about the timing of a vaccine here. We've heard a couple different things. I, I know the president would love to see a vaccine uh, here in the next month. Uh, for politics aside, he, he just thinks that something could happen in, in the next month or so where Americans would have a vaccine uh, to be able to take. Uh, the CDC director said, look, we're not getting this vaccine into hundreds of millions of people uh, into the summer of 2021. What, what, is your, what is your timeline there? What's your sense? First, every American should understand that we're bringing the best of science and biopharmaceuticals together with community, people volunteering every day to be on these trials because Americans are gonna serve other Americans by coming onto these trials and, util and find it, figuring out the safety and efficacy of these vaccines. There will be enough doses as soon as there's safety and efficacy to get to the first responders, those individuals who have throughout this time since February have been serving the American people by saving their lives. And to the people we know are most vulnerable. And so there, vaccines are being made right now to make sure that those two groups can be immunized in this first quarter um, of 2021 as a fiscal year, um, not as a calendar year. And then having doses from January on for the rest of America. And so this is really, a, it's gonna be a staged process. I know every American would want those on the front lines to be offered vaccine first and those that are most vulnerable to be offered the vaccine first. But in order to get to true herd immunity, which we get to through vaccination, we get to that through immunizing and having Americans come forward, the same Americans that are wearing their masks, physically distancing, washing their hands, and right. avoiding large crowded spaces. So just so I understand, you said, I just want to understand the calendar. You said fiscal 2021 as it relates to first responders and the, the ones on the front lines. But does that fiscal, I have to do my financial math here. Does that mean that they'll have it by the end of 2020 from a calendar year perspective? 
that is my fervent hope because I know every American doesn't want to lose any other Americans to this virus. And we know who's at incredible risk comorbidities independent of age, the elderly. And so getting vaccines to them as soon as we show safety and efficacy, I think is a commitment the federal government and the people of America ought to make to those individuals. I'm sure obviously there wouldn't be a vaccine put out there that wouldn't be deemed safe by the federal government. But then of course, as you might imagine, there's gonna be a lot of folks, and I'm not talking about the anti-vaccination crowd, but I think they're just some ordinary Americans that are concerned about the safety of a COVID-19 vaccine because uh, there's been such a, not a rush to do this, but it's, it, you know, the timetable, Operation Warp Speed, it's been sped up. Uh, what can you tell folks in terms of the, the safety of something like this, of, t of taking a vaccine like this? Yeah, what people should understand is the reason vaccine trials take longer is not because they're generating more safety data. It's because they, the trials are much smaller. And so you can get an answer by having less people studying them longer. And what we have done is we've added, these vaccine trials are over 30,000, over 40,000. We're talking about Johnson & Johnson doing 60,000. The reason those we don't do those large trials is because they cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But because the federal government and pharmaceutical companies came together, both to manufacture and to really increase the size of these trials, that's why we're getting an answer quicker. Not because Got there's it. a change in how we analyze the data or a change in how we look at patients over time, but instead of 4,000 people on a trial, we have 40,000 people on the trial. And I know every American can do the math and figure out, well, that could be 10 times faster. And so that's the math and that's what we should all understand. Safety and immunogenicity and efficacy comes first. So take me through vaccine 101 a little bit here as it relates to COVID-19. I mean, how, how long would you have to be inoculated for? How many times? I mean, would this be a, a COVID-19 vaccine once a, once a what? Once a, once a year? Uh, would it be more than that? I mean, I, I'm trying to understand how that might work. Well, that's a great question, and that's why these first individuals, and again, I want to thank every American who has come forward to volunteer for these trials, because they are breaking the ground, not only to safety and efficacy, but they'll also tell us how durable and for how long that immune response lasts once we demonstrate efficacy. The good thing about this virus is we know what the immune response, we know what we're targeting, and we know the immune response that we want to see. So we'll be able to measure that over time. So although we're only seven or eight months into knowing really about this virus, we know how to measure immunogenicity over time. And so those original vaccines groups will be studied over time to really be able to answer your specific question is how long immunogenicity and efficacy last. By the way, we're, we've moved into the fall and there's sports has been going on. And I know the NFL has uh, tried, you know, all, all leagues are trying to do their best in this COVID environment. But we have seen some National Football League teams, a couple of them have to shut down uh, due to some a bit of an outbreak. Notre Dame has also had to shut down their football team for a little bit. Uh, what's the concern, I, I mean, in terms of sports and athletics? Because it is a contact sport and I know they might be getting tested and I know procedures may be in place, but uh, that seems to be an awfully dangerous way to, to potentially um, you know, do, do this during COVID. I think what's really important is to understand both at the university level and all the way through to professional sports teams. 
what I've learned in being out on the road and going university to university, um, 17 or 18 universities now, and I just really want to thank them for really putting the time in to plan with the community, with their staff, with their faculty, and critically students. Because what we've learned in the entrance testing is every student knew how to keep from getting COVID. Because we have never seen such low test positivity on entry into college. Right. They were a lot lower than what we're seeing in that age group around America. So this tells me that every single person knows how to prevent this spread and how to prevent from getting infected. And so I know like with, with Major League Baseball that they'll go back and the coaches will sit down with the team members and the staff and say, we know spread occurs with crowding and your mask off indoors, and how are you going to stop that now and not participate in those activities? And you can see that the sports teams, including the sports teams that have been on the road, like golf, have been able to prevent them becoming infected. And I've been out on the road for over three months in all across the United States multiple times, and I know what to do to keep from getting infected. And I haven't become infected. So it is possible to be out. It is possible to do these things. But you have to have common sense. Yeah. And you have to do the things. And I know that sometimes we forget. But you have to remember that if you're in a crowded space with your mask off, there's probably someone who's asymptomatic that you could be exposed to. And so we, we have to protect the vulnerable. But it's not like we don't know what to do. We have to do the right thing across this country. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And welcome back to The Pod's Honest Truth. Of course, that was Dr. Deborah Burks uh, here on the podcast. And now I want to bring you an interview with Bethany Hollum. Uh, she's an interesting um person for sure. Uh, she definitely thinks outside the box and you'll see this when you listen to her interview. Uh, that interview is, uh, well, uh, how do we say this? One of a kind. Uh, she basically decided along with a couple local politicians up in Pennsylvania to pose naked uh, with a mail-in ballot in front of them to bring uh, attention to this idea of what they're calling naked ballots in Pennsylvania. These naked ballots are basically ballots that you send back through the mail without putting in an envelope. And of course, Pennsylvania, a Pennsylvania court said, hey, you can't do that. You can't just send a naked ballot through the mail. You have to put it in a secrecy envelope. So she's trying to make people aware that you have to put it in the envelope. Otherwise, it's not going to count. And this is her strategy, her outside the box thinking. Here's Bethany Hollum today on The Water Cooler. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. No, thanks so much for having me. Well, how do I say this? You got your point across. I, I guess that was the whole point all along. Tell us about the genesis of, <laughs> of all of this. Yeah, so um, a couple of weeks ago, the PA Supreme Court handed down a ruling saying that 
ballots that were missing their secrecy envelopes would not be counted in the November 3rd general election. Uh, the reason that's so important, especially a little over a month out from election day, is because it was a change from the rules in the primary. So if you submitted a naked ballot in the primary, your vote was counted, and now suddenly, at the last minute, that rules changed. So we knew we had to get creative to get folks' attention to make sure that every vote was counted. Well, you definitely got people's attention, uh, that's for sure. Tell me about those two other women with you. How did that all come about? Uh, tell us more about these folks and the relationship and how this all happened. Yeah, so actually it was just a group chat of me and a couple friends. As soon as we heard the term naked ballot being thrown around, I said, hey, I have this wild idea. What if we get naked to draw attention to this issue? Um, at first they laughed and then it all kind of came together. And so far we've had a little over a dozen people participate in the campaign locally, um, elected officials, uh, organizers, people involved in politics at all different levels of government. Uh, but in this particular photo, which was the first one re we released. On the left, we have state representative-elect Emily Kincaid. On the middle, we have my colleague, county councilwoman Olivia Bennett. And then there's me on the right. Looks a little different than me wearing clothes, huh? Right, no, for sure. I, I wanna ask this delicately, but how did the, how was the picture, how do I say this, taken? I mean, was there photoshops involved? I mean, how did you, how did you construct this picture? Because it was, you knew it was gonna be provocative. And I just wonder if there was uh, some strategy be, behind making sure the picture was done correctly uh, and in a way tasteful, if you will, at the same time. Yeah, definitely. It had to be provo provocative to get folks' attention. There's been lots of different marketing campaigns around the secrecy envelope issue, but nothing that stood out to voters. And we knew that we had to do something to get the attention of everyone. This wasn't a Democrat or a Republican issue. It's everyone in Pennsylvania who here, for the first time ever, we are voting via mail, no excuse. This is the first year we've ever been allowed to do this here in Pennsylvania. Um, so again, we did the first photo shoot, all three of us together. We did our individual takes first, and then we went through and did our group, there you go. We went through and did our group shot as well to show each step of the process from ballot to placing it in the secrecy envelope to placing it into the declaration envelope and just did it in a way that people didn't have to read lengthy instructions. They could just see it for themselves. I am wondering about the actual naked ballot issue in Pennsylvania. Do you think you're making some headway? I mean, how much more uh, headway do you need to make? Do you think people are starting to understand uh, what's, what could happen in November regarding ballots that are not counted? I sure hope so. I mean, this is a serious issue. Uh, so historically, whatever presidential candidate wins Pennsylvania goes on to win the White House as well. Uh, Donald Trump won Pennsylvania by 44,000 votes in 2016, and election officials across the Commonwealth are predicting that 100,000 ballots in Pennsylvania alone could potentially be discounted because of a missing secrecy envelope. So this is a really serious issue, and I'm glad it's getting the attention that it deserves because at the end of the day, we just want everyone's vote to be counted, especially in a process that, as I mentioned earlier, is brand new in Pennsylvania. 
unclear instructions, misinformation coming out from a variety of different outlets. We just wanted to make sure that we got the correct information out there. And this was our way to do it. You know, as women in politics, we are often sexualized and objectified and treated diff differently for being young women in politics. So we decided that we were going to take that way that people were using that against us and use it for good. And we, we foresaw that some people weren't going to agree with it. We knew it was going to get good feedback and bad feedback. But at the end of the day, people are talking about it. Whether it's for good reasons or bad reasons, people are paying attention. And it was all worth it in my eyes. You know, uh, Bethany, you're a Democrat from up there in Allegheny County, uh, obviously near Pittsburgh. I, I was in Johnstown, Johnstown Pennsylvania uh, in 2016. It, it did, I believe, go for Trump. Uh, it, it seems like, I'm just wondering, can you give me kind of a lay of the land? I know, I know you're a Democrat, but kind of step back from that for a moment. Uh, how split is it up there, if not in Allegheny County? I, I know Erie County, for example, which is further north, and there's uh, a few other counties. Pennsylvania is going to be key here, and I, I wonder wonder what that split's going to be like on election night. Yeah, so Allegheny County, we're at about a three to one Democratic advantage registration wise. Yeah. Um, you know, the East, we are the Western part of the Democratic representation along with Erie, our neighbors up north, and then also Philadelphia County out in the Eastern portion of the state. That is where the overwhelming bulk of the Democratic votes come from in Pennsylvania. Um, as I mentioned, this race was decided in Pennsylvania in 2016 by 44,000 votes. That's only five votes at each of the voting precincts throughout the Commonwealth. So it really was a very tight race. And I think we've seen just looking at what's happened in some of the local level elections, the down ballot races for state representative, state senator, mm -hmm. and how those seats have flipped over the past four years. And we've really made some headway there. I do foresee that this is going to be an even closer race this year. So we need to make sure that everyone knows the proper process to vote and that they have so many options, you know, just because because I'm telling you how to vote properly in person. I mean, via mail doesn't mean that I don't yeah. think that if yeah. you want to vote in person that you shouldn't. So there's so many options and I'm just making sure that everyone knows yeah. how to make sure yeah. their votes count. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bethany Hollum here on The Pod's Honest Truth. Well, uh, once again, check out The Water Cooler every day, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern on Real America's Voice. Uh, you can check Real America's Voice out on Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto, uh, Apple TV, Roku. Uh, who knows? I mean, it's it's everywhere. Fire TV. What is that called? Like Amazon Fire? I don't know. Anyhow, it's all of that stuff. Uh, plus, you can hear some of the exclusive interviews from an audio perspective right here on The Pod's Honest Truth. Hope you'll join us tomorrow. Until next time, see you later.